0: This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday's sermon.
1: I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive podcast. Well, in case you're wondering, we've been gone for a little while. <laughs> we, we haven't gone. We have we, we, we missed a, a podcast. Yeah, so I, I know you, many of you were eagerly waiting but your uh, little podcast app, whatever it was, wondering, yeah. when is the next one coming? When is the next one coming? And it didn't Can't come. Can't live without John and Johnny. That's right. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say that, but I'm sure there's they, someone who thinks they that. They ought
0: to be saying that.
1: They ought to. Nice. They not. They ought to be saying that. Well, yeah, we are, uh, like I said, we missed last week and that was mainly because we were both traveling. We were. And so now we're back. Yeah. Where and, were you? Uh, I went down to San Diego. Nice. And I would tell you what I did. Was it 75 and sunny? It was beautiful, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 75, sunny. The only thing is, uh, when you wake up in the morning in San Diego, you're near the ocean, which is very cool. But it's also kind of h- sticky and yeah. humid. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this all the time. I don't like know. 80 and dry in Colorado is better than 75. I think 80 and, and dry, yeah. Humid there, yeah. yeah. 70, it was beautiful, though. And, you know, it was great to be back. I'm from California. Uh, more a little bit north of uh, Los Angeles area. But I love I love the, the, the California weather. in a lot of ways. But, you know, it's I love Colorado. So yeah, what's not to love about being out here? But, yeah, I went down to San Diego for the... Comic
0: convention, Comic Con, Comic Con. I did,
1: yeah. I took the whole family down. They did not uh, have to go Wait, in. Did, did they con- dress up?
0: Did you? Did you dress up, little Emerson? No, no, she
1: didn't go. They all, They won't oh. go inside. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm the only nerd in our family. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, they don't support it. What so what were they, you dressed up as? I just, as as a. Uh, as a, oh, He's
0: getting an embarrassed smile on no, his face no, right now.
1: I don't dress up. Oh, you don't? No, okay. I don't dress up. I just go, I'm a shopper. I go and look and, he, and talk to the yeah, artists. You like your
0: comic books and yeah, your art. Your and the art.
1: artists, yeah. I like yeah. to talk to those. The creators are fun. You know, the cool thing about uh, comics is there's that... There's nothing cool about comics. I know. I heard, when I said that... Not it, when you're 44 years old. When I said that, I, I heard that. <laughs> I heard what I said. Um, but the, the, the neat thing about uh, comics is that you... To, to some of us, these are kind of our celebrities. Yeah. But they're semi approachable. Yeah. You know, you can, you can go, go and talk s- to them. Yeah. yeah, talk to them and, and get autographs for free or whatever. They're pretty, they're. Great, great guys yeah. and, and men and women who are uh, just easy to approach. But yeah, I went and uh, brought the the wife and kid and then um, the in laws. So they kind of did their oh, beach thing and yeah. hung out and, and we you did Sea World together. Nice. And then uh, and then I went and went nerded out. Yeah, I nerded out for a little while. So that's awesome. But I'm back. We all got sick. In case you uh, In case you can tell, I'm a little raspy. But uh, we're we're glad to be back. Where'd you go, John? You're you're guy. I, I was in Israel.
0: Yeah. Oh, this
1: was... a little cooler.
0: Well, I mean. It was hotter, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not cool. What was it was not seventy-five. What was the liking? Well, like a hundred. Oh, like, and it's summer there right now, right? E- oh yeah, yeah. It's okay. super hot there. Um, this is this is not from a weather perspective the time of year you want to go, but from a crowd perspective and a tourist perspective, it's the it's the downtime, so it's a great time to go. Oh, nice. What you do? Anything exciting? You do? Oh man, we did uh we did we we packed all kinds of stuff in. I was only in. Uh, we actually stayed a day longer, kind of on accident, which is kind of funny, but um, than than I planned. But we we had a great time. We went and saw a lot of stuff. We went to the Dead Sea, uh, floated in the Dead Sea. Was that um, weird? Just it is very weird. Like it you is literally you literally float. Like I don't float. You like can I can't walk through it. Right? You can walk through It's like water. Yeah, like if you could stay vertical, but you can't because it try- lifts your legs all the time. Okay. You know, so like you could, you could literally like you could, and I did, I went vertical and it's, you still float like vertically. Wow. That's weird. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's really, really Can you swim in it? It's just so, you do not feel, want to. Okay. You, I didn't put my head underwater. Just so was, much salt. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have this little cut. You can see that cut, Johnny. I know you, the uh-huh. rest of you can't, but um, I had this little cut and it was scabbed over and everything. The salt minerals literally opened it up and then cleaned it out apparently wow, that's while, I was, cool. while I was in there. It's, it's kind of cool, but it tells you what it's doing to your skin while you're in there. You know, it's, it's not a place that you want to be in for a long period of time. Okay. So it, it's pretty harsh to the environment. And the bottom is like totally crystallized with like, Ooh, so it's hard. It's hard. Oh, wow. Like it's, it's hurts to walk. It's like walking on sharp rocks. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's, it's, but the good news is you don't have to walk very long cause you float. So, you know, you just, as soon as it's deep enough, you just lay down and you, you can kind of swim. you, you know, on your back or whatever. Um, but it's hard. Like you, I, you roll over your stomach and you, try, you know how you would like kick your feet and they'd be underwater a little bit. Well, you can't really do that because you splash everywhere. Cause your feet just kind of rise up above the water. Like you can't get your feet in the water. Why use floaty So when you I'm, don't. You wouldn't need to there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, my feet are always, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. It's go. pretty
0: crazy. It's pretty cool. But we, we did that. Uh, we, uh, visited, uh, the Israel Museum, um, which has some really cool stuff, including the uh, scroll of Isaiah that was found in the Qumran um, caves. Uh, that, that's really important when it comes to biblical things and, and, and text, uh, the Old Testament, the reliability of the text. Um, went to We went to the Holocaust Museum, did that. Um, went to Old Jerusalem, went all around Old Jerusalem. Went to, you know, the Wailing Wall. Um, just all kind of visited. There's two traditional sites for the, for, for the grave of Jesus, the, the garden tomb. And then the, and then the one that's kind of run by the Catholic church. And we went to both of those, um, to the, you know, to the places where Jesus was supposedly crucified, um, went to those, uh, Ryan, Ryan Lewis was with me. Um, and Ryan and I went to Bethlehem. That was cool. I bought a little nativity from Bethlehem. Oh, cool. So a little one, uh, that was hand done right there in Bethlehem. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, we went up to, uh, Copernicum. Um, sea Galley area, did a bunch of stuff. It was really great. Was it? What was the the, the greatest thing
1: that you do? What was the feeling that you got while you were there? I mean, did you feel in a weird way? Did you feel closer to Jesus, being no, no. walking where he walked, and
0: you know? I mean, yes and no. I is guess it very modernized now, is that why? Um, no. Well, I mean. Okay, so so we, when we were in Capernaum, you know, the town of Jesus, where, where Jesus spent a lot of time, uh, you know, t- teaching in that synagogue there, and the synagogue, there's there's some remains of the synagogue that was built on top of the synagogue that Jesus was in, right? And so there was a synagogue Jesus was in. There's not much left of that. Some. Some, some stone you can see, but then, then there's another synagogue built on top of it right in the same spot. Um, and we, and this, there's remains from that, and you could walk around it and stuff. And there's, um, you know, Peter's house and then the Sea of Galilee, and they're all like within a rock. You can throw a rock at each one of them and hit all three from one spot, but, um, um. It, it it's cool in the sense you think about, like you're on the shore of the Sea of Galilee thinking Jesus was teaching right behind me. And then not too far behind that was Mount of Beatitudes where he delivered the Sermon on the Mount. And then you have the Sea of Galilee and you're on literally on the shore of that. And then right behind you is, you know, Peter's house. Um, and it, it's cool in the sense that you go, Jesus was here. He walked on the water at the Sea of Galilee. Uh, he calmed the calmed the storm here, you know, he, you know and think about what he did. But it, it grounds it in history for me. I think it's like yeah, this actually happened. This isn't just words in a book. This mm-hmm. this is this is real real life. This is this is historical event. These are historical events. And in that sense, it was really cool. And 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 you can maybe you know feel a sense of um, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, you know validation a validation yeah. in your in your faith. Um, a a realization that. That uh, you know, when when you visit the tomb that's empty, when you visit the place where he died, you know that he did those things for me. You know, just just was like confirmation.
1: A fairy, yeah, like sometimes scripture seems like a fairyland. Like yeah, where is this Israel? You know, does it doesn't doesn't make sense. It's right. not a real place. Right. You know, obviously two thousand years ago, it's right. not. There's no way, and even
0: in some ways, it's not even the same as it was back then. In some ways, yeah, and, and you can see ruins and remains, but you don't. So it was it was cool in that sense. I, I don't know really I felt closer to God in in a. You know Spiritual high I wasn't looking for that
1: Okay
0: Um Because I I would have
1: totally Been looking for that I know
0: I I think that's actually pretty Can be harmful Mm -hmm. In in some ways Not that It's okay to feel it Yeah But But that's not What's gonna sustain you In your faith Mm -hmm. Does that make sense A little bit Yeah I was gonna ask you Because you kind of
1: Had a a look on your face So was there something That you weren't prepared for Like maybe that Or um, Something Maybe you were let down When you went over to Israel Like this Isn't what I expected Or
0: I mean, there are, there were things that I expected and things I, I didn't expect. I think the thing I did not expect, but maybe should have is the, um, the degree to which the Catholic church, uh, controls a lot of the traditional, I'm kind of doing air quotes around that sites for, for things that happened in Jesus life or whatever. They, they kind of have like, they control these things and it's, and it feel, and this is just my own perception. It just felt like a big fundraiser to me, you know, like they charge for everything. They give you, they give you opportunities to to give them more money at every turn. It's like Disneyland. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's, you can go over to this rock where this is the rock where, um, you know, the cross was put or something or whatever, and you can go and you can lay, put your hands on it and pray and put, put a cloth on it and take it with you. And, and almost as if that rock had some kind of magic powers. Mm. Um, There was a rock where to give another example that where the story goes, when we went to Bethlehem, we saw this place. um, The story goes, Mary was breastfeeding Jesus and, and some of, some of the milk spilled on this rock and the rock turned white. And so now people go there to this rock, this white rock, and they pray. Um, oftentimes, people who, who are having trouble having kids, wh- wh- they're having you know trouble with fertility and things like that. They'll go there and they'll pray, and and uh, and the idea is that that God will heal, heal their inf- infertility and they'll be able to have kids. And there's a whole room dedicated to with plaques of people who, you know, pictures with their kids and letters they've written and stuff like this about how they prayed and, and whatever. I I just, I think that's, um, does it cost money to pray on the rock? Oh no, but there's opportunities. Trust me. It's not like, it's not like, uh, it's like almost like buying indulgences, you know, that's, that's the whole Martin Luther thing, right? Like Martin Luther was really upset about indulgences. That's the the reformation and all that kind of stuff behind it. And, and, you know. Um, I wrote a blog post about some of this that where I mentioned some of these things and what is your blog What is your blog post? Your, uh, the John Byrne blog dot Yeah. Okay. John Byrne the, blog. The, the John Byrne blog blog dot com dot com. Okay. Yeah. Um, but and, and you know I just I, it, it bothers me. It really bothers me. It was disappointing. I, mm-hmm. I think that. The likelihood of, of the grave that the Catholic Church says that Jesus was buried in that being the, the actual grave, I think that's pretty unlikely. Um, I think the Garden Tomb is much more likely, um, which is a spot that more Protestants kind of accept. Um, I think I think there's a lot of those kinds of things that they're just these traditional sites, and there's probably um, there's probably no real evidence that that's the actual site. The Garden Tomb were, uh, does make some sense, and there's it. I can't guarantee it, but it, there's there's some reasons that you go, Ah, oh, it might work. Might, that might be that might be the place. But you know. Um, so it's it's frustrating. It was frustrating for me because I felt like people were putting their faith in icons and mm-hmm. um and throwing money at things, you know, it's almost like if I give money and I pray at this particular place, then God will answer my prayers. And I go, No, God hears your prayers wherever you are. Yeah. It's through the death and, and resurrection that that we have access to God, not through some stupid rock. Sorry. Yeah. Is that a little crass? No, like I th-
1: stupid I, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the same yeah. boat. I, I think for me, like, no, I, I definitely still want to go.
0: Absolutely. You and should. I
1: think, I, I think I sensationalize it, yeah. you know, like this yeah. is a, a holy place. And, right. And, 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 and now that you talk about, it, I think maybe God's saying, you know, yeah, the, the thing, the work has been done. Yeah. I mean, it is a cool place. It's great, yeah, but you know now it's just it's maybe it's over overhyped. It's just sensationalized.
0: It, it's it's an attraction. It can. It just depends. I think you just got to go with the with the right expectations. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a ton of high expectations. Like I wasn't going with like I want to have this spiritual eye. That was not my purpose. And I think I don't think anybody should go for that reason. You know, a lot of people go to the Jordan. We didn't. We didn't go to where, where one of the traditional places that where Jesus was baptized. People will go there and get rebaptized or whatever. And I, I don't. I don't like that. I don't think that's good to get rebaptized if you've been baptized as as a believer. You've been baptized. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do it again. People do that seeking some spiritual high, and I think that's wrong. Yeah, I think you can go there and go look. It, it might have been. We don't even know for sure where it was, but we maybe have an idea. Uh there's a couple ideas but I totally would have gotten baptized again. Yeah, I But not like
1: but not in the sense of not in the sense of um that it means something but it just be cool to go under and come up where where, where, where Jesus maybe did, yeah. did, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it'd be cool. But that water did not touch Jesus just so you know. Yes, that's okay. It. I'm okay All with right. that. <laughs> but there it was cool. It puts a lot of things in context. It was really really great trip and I loved it. And Everybody should go if they get a chance. I just you know, have the right expectations. Yeah, that makes
1: Sorry, that makes sense. So yeah, as we as we kind of move forward, that's kind of where we were. Uh, that's why we were missing a week, and we're back. Um, and it looks like we're going to try to fit in two quick sermons this this week. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Ish, right? Yeah, ish. So um, you know, a couple weeks ago, you were you were doing real grace for real living. Yeah, and I actually have a confession to make. You, I <sighs> don't know this. Yeah, John. Um, you asked the question to the congregation in the first service. Uh-huh. Um, fill fill in the blanks. You know, fill in the blank. Real yeah. grace for yeah, real living, and right? they did pretty good. They did pretty good. So the second service, while you were out in the foyer, yeah, I told them. Did you tell them I was going to ask? I told them. I said, "Hey, look, pop quiz. He's going to ask this question." Did you really? And they did terrible. Yeah, what's with the, they so, so you really the first, them? They were worse. So you really warned
0: them? They were. I
1: told them. I said, "Hey." Pop quiz. He's going to ask this question. Here's
0: the answer. Real grace for and real they, living. Wow. And I had to literally like... Because I, I said real grace and then they all kind of stared at me. And then so I had to go real grace for... And then it was kind of weak. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. I mean, I gave them the answer. And, and you they gave them the answer. Still, they still messed it up. Yeah. Oh, so I, I'm a... Conviction I, here if they're listening. I'm telling you. I, I gave them grace and... No, yeah. I, gave them, I gave them the answer and they still... they, they did it. You know, it is what it is. But it was funny. It was kind of ironic that they... <laughs> Were worse in the first service, yeah. Um, but yeah. So you, you're talking about real grace. Maybe I caught him off guard. They didn't expect me you know, to it, ask it, when it. it, as it, it you, but maybe you asked it in a different way, or I probably, didn't. or they didn't want to mess it up because they knew the answer. They're scared you know, sometimes. You would do that. Or Did Johnny set us up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whole, yeah, that could be very possible. Um, so you're talking about real grace, and and I've always when I've heard of the Apostle Paul, of course, I we always look at the Apostle Paul as the. The pillar of faith, you know, right. uh, if, if someone walked as Jesus did or close to Jesus, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, if we're supposed yeah. to walk as Jesus walked in, Paul's pretty close. He's for, further further along than we are in a lot of ways. At I, least in I our minds think. he is, sure. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. So when Paul, I've always had that hard time when he says that he is the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. Like, what is that? Is he, a, is he just being like
0: fake humble or i don't think he is i mean you know you you think about that and it is true that god did a transforming work in his life right i mean god totally changed him he went from persecutor of christians to proclamator of the gospel i mean it was he did a hundred 180 degree turn but you think about that he went from what persecutor of christians he was a sinner and he knew it um and he talks about in Romans seven about about the struggle he has. You know, I don't do things I want to do. I do things I don't want to do. That whole thing, I, I think that's a real struggle that he faced. I think it was difficult. I think he was a humble guy. I think he uh, he he recognized his own fallenness. And you know, did he? Was he literally the worst sinner ever? I don't. I don't know that that's what he meant. I don't think he was trying to literally compare himself to every other human who ever walked. You know, was he worse than Hitler kind of thing? Yeah. I, I think what he what he was saying was was look, I, I am a sinner and and I have significant issues with sin in my life and I and I need the grace of of God in my life. And and I am no I'm no I'm no exception. And we ought to be careful. I mean it is true that we wanna Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? And so there's a sense in which he did follow Christ and he and he worked hard to follow Christ closely. And in that sense in that sense he felt confident in looking at people and say, follow me as I do this. But what was built into following Christ, repentance, reconciliation, forgiveness, grace, all those things that he needed to receive. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about him receiving grace, um, you know, uh, in, in, in a in a significant way um, in the next couple of weeks here. So, uh, so, so, you know, the, the whole you know, God's grace is sufficient. That that phrase comes up in Second Corinthians here in, in the coming chapters. So um, so he, he knew his his own need for grace was significant. And we ought to be careful about elevating him too high. We should elevate him in a sense that he worked hard at following Christ, and we should we should seek to follow him as he followed Christ, and hopefully in our experience of grace from Christ, we should be able to turn around and look at people and say, "Follow me as I followed Christ mm-hmm. as well." But
1: I wonder, I wonder if, if some of the uh, even the the sorrow, you know, and had a lot to do with the fact that he deliberately was attacking Christ and the church. Yeah, and I wonder if that's what made him feel that way. But then also, that I think what's kind of cool too is you know sometimes we even in the church and just in society, we always focus on the external sins that we see, Yeah, you know, um, adultery and, and drunkenness and, you know, yeah. uh, 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 premarital sex or whatever. We look at those things and go, Oh yeah, yeah. Those are the big, those are the big, the big sins. Whereas right. Paul really had a, probably a heart of pride Yeah, and, um, you know, more internal stuff, you know, he even, even as a, as a Pharisee, he looked great. Oh yeah, absolutely. He had so, all the right credentials, right? Yeah. So he looked great. And so it really is more of an internal thing. We're, People would look at him and go, "Man, Paul, you never had it wrong. You were—I mean, of course, the persecuting Christians part. Yeah. Maybe that—that's—that's the, that's the bad thing. But other than that, I mean, you were—you
0: uh, were a model citizen. You know, a model. It seems Pharisee. like it. I mean, we see—we see the upside of Paul and how he led the church, right? Um, led the churches he planted and things like that. But—but but it seems like Paul hated his pride. Yeah, I think so. He, he hated that about himself. Well, and—and and, and the reality is, the sins of the heart are are just as bad, if not worse, than the sins that we actually, you know go out and physically commit. Um, and, and we need to recognize, I mean, that was, that was part of what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. When he, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I, I tell you, if you've looked at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed or looked at a woman with lust. You've already committed adultery in your heart. Like mm-hmm. there's the heart, the heart issue is not less than the physical act. And I think that's what we all, when and if we're for all honest in our hearts, we have expressed um, there, there's been sinful thoughts, ideas, um, to, uh, you know a a propensity to sin from our heart, even if we don't follow it out physically well you talking about like even just examining your heart just now, yeah. you know
1: um Is it, is it, is it good to have that mentality of just constantly examining yourself to even come to the conclusion that I'm the chief of sinners? Is it, is it a good thing? Is it healthy
0: to do that? Or as long as you land in the grace of God and that's, and and that's really important because we can get to a place where it's just, look how terrible I am. I'm just terrible. I'm terrible. I don't deserve the love of God. Right. You don't, neither do I, neither does anybody else. Right. Like you're right. You don't. So, so, you know, but receive the grace of God anyways. That's why it's grace. And and recognize that God loves you, and then we find our value not in, not in our ability to live up to God's standards, but in the fact that that God has extended grace and forgiveness and sacrifice towards us in the in the sacrifice of His Son Jesus Christ. His love towards us determines our value, not our ability to live up to you know holiness and perfect standards. That's got to be the hardest thing to to. The grasp. It's a total change of how the world sees things, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, the world tells us it's about, you know, can you perform? Are you successful? It's what you do. Everything's what you do, what you do, what you do. Um, and, and God comes along and says, you can't do enough, but I'll make up the difference. Yeah. You know, and then some. And you got to land then, in that grace. And you got to land in that grace. You have to. If you don't land in that grace, you you know, talk about depression. I mean, you're inviting depression into your life. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you're, you're inviting the, you know you're inviting the, the critiques that come from Satan, you know, Satan's reminder of how terrible you are. Well, we, okay, I'm terrible, but, but I'm, I'm a child of God. Still loved. And I'm loved. Yeah. And I'm whole, I'm holding God's eyes because I've received the righteousness of Christ and I got to land there. So we got to always give ourselves
1: grace. Absolutely. Forgive ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I had one of those moments where I, I think I was listen, listening to a sermon once and they said, who do you need to forgive? And I looked yeah. in the mirror, I said, I need to forgive you. Yeah. You know, myself. Yeah. For beating myself up so yeah. much. And it was like, wow, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, but as we forgive others, John, is there, you know, I've, you know, I've heard, you know, stories where, you know, there's people that need to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And, but when you extend that forgiveness and grace to them. Yeah. Yeah. And they continue to, to, yeah. to beat you down and beat you up. Um. Is there uh, a healthy way of doing that? Is there, I mean. Yeah should we put up boundaries? Should we, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, people don't talk about that. You know, you hear a lot, uh, I think maybe some scripture taken out of context, but yeah. you know, turn the other cheek, walk the yeah. extra mile. Yeah. It's like, it sounds like you're inviting more abuse. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously you need to put up boundaries. I mean, there's, there's times to, uh, you know, to distance yourself, if you will. There's times to um, make yourself vulnerable and you got you gotta be wise about that. Um, and, and you've got to, you know, I think boundaries though, we, we gotta be careful. Like for instance, um, there might be people in our past who've hurt us. And so we need to be able to forgive them and we need to, we need to be able to not be hurt again. Now, sometimes that means a physical distancing, but a lot of times, and I think most of the time it means becoming mentally tough and, and, and not allowing their words or their actions to impact you, uh, the way you once did and so i can i can be around a person who's hurt me they can even say things that have hurt me but now i no longer just receive them as if i'm you know the victim the victim or, or terrible and and sometimes that means confronting them and, and saying so you know what um that's inappropriate you don't get to you don't get to judge judge that that's not between you and me mm-hmm. or whatever i mean there are times of confronting it in a way and and i've done that with people in my past where i've confronted and said no, we're not going to do this anymore. It doesn't mean I, I physically distance it, distanced myself, but I set up some boundaries in the relationship so that they couldn't hurt me the way they once did. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if we can take responsibility for that, then we can continue to be around people and continue to, um, to be the light of Jesus Christ, the light of the gospel in a person's life, even if they've hurt us by becoming mentally tough and managing the relationship in, in a healthier way. And, and you can do that. You got to be smart. You got to be wise, right? You got to be careful. And, and you can confront and be tactful. Like you don't just blast people. But, you know, now sometimes you can't. Yeah. There are times when you just go, nope, I've got to physically distance. And you got to be, you know, you got to figure that out. Yeah. You know, I've seen kind of, you, you'll see both
1: extremes sometimes. Yeah. Where sometimes you'll see the person who just gets, just abused and abused uh-huh. and abused yeah. and abused. And they, they, they just take it. Yeah. Then you see people who get out or or whatever it is whether it's marriage or whatever or or you see them get out too quickly yeah you know and there really is a obviously it's a case-by-case situation right there's the the challenge should be to try to put like you said that mental toughness this is not okay i still love you and i forgive you but you can't do this you know it's not fair that you do this uh to be able to speak your mind a little bit there comes a point with good counseling at what point do i you know continue or put up a physical yeah. barrier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times that takes place. I mean, you know, I, I think about all those things and that often takes place with the relatives. I mean, mm. it's it's so often relatives. It's parents, it's it's in-laws, it's, it's whatever that, you know, that have hurt you or whatever, you know, brothers, sisters. Um, and then you just, you just got to decide, am I going to allow them to hurt me anymore? And by not allowing somebody to hurt you doesn't mean, again, doesn't mean that you never talk to them. And you hate them. Or, and you hate them. It just means I've forgiven you for the past. I'm not going to hold it over you, but I'm also not going to let you hurt me anymore. Yeah. You know, like that's okay. And you, and you, you can, you can do that. And I've done that with, with multiple relatives where, where I've kind of laid down the boundary and said, I still love you, but this is the boundary and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's usually turned out pretty well. Well, John, uh- Last week, you, you weren't here I Sunday, and you I, was, I wasn't
1: here, which is, yeah, it was crazy. I know. So they
0: had they had Sean was leading worship. Uh-huh. I heard he was sick. Yeah,
1: I know. I heard, yeah, he talked to me on and Tuesday. Then, and then
0: Paul Mitten was. Yeah, was Paul Mitten uh, is, is he a new candidate for uh, the pastor here at Grace? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> that, know who that was. I was like, yeah, you know, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Paul is the executive minister of, of Converge Rocky Mountain, which is uh, a, a group of churches um, that come together for the advancement of the gospel, both both here and around the world. I, I think that's that's not exactly how they would put it, but it sounded pretty good. That's good. Uh, it's Maybe pretty how they should put it's it. It's how they should put it, right? They didn't call me and ask, but yeah. uh, p- but Paul is kind of the leader of that, and in, in a sense, he. Um, so you know, so so Paul's been been in that position for a long time. I don't know exactly how many years, but at least like ten. Um, you know, back to when at least back to two thousand eight. So. Um, Anyway, so so he's he's kind of led that group of churches, and which so he's, we're part of, obviously, which we which we are part of, um, which is also part of something called just called Converge, um, which and and but the Rocky Mountain region, Paul leads that group, and and it's a bunch of churches, a bunch of pastors, and. Um, They support our churches in a whole bunch of ways, uh, through you know helping churches find new pastors. They helped Grace find me, um, so you can blame them. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, They help with church conflict. They help with church growth and things like that, leadership things. Um, so so they're, they're a resource in a whole bunch of ways. And missionaries, some of our missionaries are, are Converge missionaries and, and come from Converge Rocky Mountain, you know, all kinds of stuff.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, his, his title of his sermon was Power of Go. Yeah. And that was basically the
1: idea was, um, you know, we've been saved by Christ. He's mm-hmm. delivered us. Yes. And
0: now we, we must go with the good news. Yes. And, and proclaim it. Which, uh, by the way, just so you guys all know, like I, I was gone, but I listened to that sermon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know so it's it's i just want you guys to know like it's just because i'm not here doesn't mean i'm not paying attention doesn't yeah doesn't mean doesn't mean just what just when the, the cat's away he's still watching online i'm still watching
1: online he's still watching online um but john he talked about how I, what i liked and, and this is a, I think a topic that's kind of hard to answer a question that's hard to answer it's evil is everywhere yeah right yeah why does god allow for evil to exist if a loving
0: God, right, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm only going to give a very short answer now, but I will tell you, we're doing an apologetic series in the, series in the fall, and we're going to deal with this question. A little promo, huh, John? Yeah, a little promo. Uh, so you need to be coming to Grace and uh, hearing great great messages, I hope. I work really hard. I hope, hopefully, they're great and God-honoring. But we'll answer this this question. I can't remember the exact date, but it, it, it'll be this fall. It's actually coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're going to answer this question. But uh, there's there's some different answers. Um I think a couple short ones are "We chose evil," like humanity chose evil when it rejected God. Bless you, oh Bless my you. gosh! Yeah, Woo. sorry about that. I did, I did try to lean away from the mic, but no. it came on kind of fast.
1: Is that some sort of uh, virus from Israel? I don't know. Did you give me did something? You just, did you just bring you uh, yeah. bringing something over from another countries?
0: Yeah, seriously. But anyways, so I think. I think we can say we chose it, and we go back and read the opening chapters of Genesis, Genesis 3 specifically, and you get that, right? Like, we chose it. We chose to reject God's gift to us in the garden, mm. and so we chose evil. Um, now we're complaining. And now we complain about he, or it. Or mad at him. Yeah. Why, why so aren't you we, good? <laughs> how, could, how could God do that? Yeah. But I think if, if, if God's purpose in creating us was to have a loving relationship with us, meaning that he loves us and that we have... Uh, at least the option of loving him in return, then he had to present us with the option of rejecting him. I mean, what's love if you don't have the option of hate? Mm-hmm. It's nothing, right? And so, so God gave us the option. We chose reject, to reject him, and so, so now we have evil in the world. Um, so that's what, it's one answer. We might not like it, but it does explain a lot of things. And, and I think it does explain the goodness of God because love is a good thing and God is a loving God. And so he gave us the ability to love him in return. we still have that ability. Thank thanks to his plan of redemption through Jesus Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other side of that is, is that in all of this, I think we see good things in God that we would not see if the evil did not exist. For instance, if evil did not exist, we would not see the grace of God. If evil did not exist, we would not understand what forgiveness is. If evil did not exist, we would not understand what self sacrifice is because that's what Jesus did when he took, you know, God did when he took on human flesh. So there's all these aspects of God, these good things in God that without the existence of evil, we would not see and we would not be able to, to emulate and to love and respect. Well, it's,
1: like, it's like when, uh, when uh, Adam and Eve wanted to see, the, have the knowledge of good and evil, to, right. to see what. To, you know, because when they had
0: it perfect, yeah, they is had it. They had everything they they could possibly want, right? Yeah, and it wasn't good enough.
1: They it wasn't wanted, good enough. It wasn't. You know, it was good, but it wasn't until they saw evil, right? And they go, "Oh wow, now they understood." We good. see, we see what we had, yeah, and it's not. This is not as good,
0: right? And the and the good thing about God is that God will redeem all of that, yeah. And that and that's what the what does that's what the biblical plan is. He's not right? done yet, right? He's John? not done. He's not finished. And so I think that that's really important to understand. Mm. One of my one of my friends has a hard time with the. Uh, the idea of, of
1: people who, you know, I, for some reason, sex trafficking is really bu- bugging them right now. Yeah. And obviously it's shit. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a very, it's and it's a, been around since almost the beginning. So yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a harsh, know, this is not a
0: new thing. It's a harsh thing, but he it is a harsh he thing. Was saying,
1: you know, and he's a believer, but he's just like, man, I don't understand how a, a, a girl can be assaulted and assaulted and then even murdered. Yeah. And if she's not saved. Right. Still go to hell he's yeah. like stumbling over like, where's that. Where's God's grace in that? Yeah, where's God's grace in that? How is he allowing for that to happen? Um, that's a hard question.
0: Oh, it's a really hard question. I don't know that I have the answer, but I I, I can just tell you this, that, um, that even in the midst of that, uh, God's goodness is presented. Um, it's presented in judgment towards the perpetrators, Mm -hmm. right? So God's goodness, we see God's goodness when, when judgment is executed on them. Um, and, and, and we don't know, you know, what God has done in that, in that girl's life, if he's presented himself to her in some way that we we're not aware of, like, we don't know. It's not our place to judge, but it is our place to proclaim. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is a good that God has given us and that we get to participate in. And quite frankly, if we're not participating in that good of proclaiming the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, then when we look at that situation, we got to look in the mirror. In other words, we have a responsibility to proclaiming the good news. And, and if we sit there and complain that somebody hasn't heard the gospel and yet we're not sharing it.
1: Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, that makes sense yeah and, and like you said, I think even God does reveal himself he does he doesn't always wait for us he, um
0: he but his primary tool is us but you're right he he, does, exactly. yes. he doesn't always wait for
1: us and and that's kind of your you you mentioned proclamation proclaiming and that's the the go right that's the go the go and and uh why does God use us um in salvation why doesn't he just go in visions and yeah um you and know, reveal himself. Which does?
0: Cra- yeah, which which is crazy because even in his visions, like we see this in the Muslim world a lot, right? Like even in, in his visions, it's not here. Here I am. Come and follow me. It's it's. It's here I am. Go to this, go to this town yeah. and you're going to see this person that's dressed like this and they're a missionary and they'll tell you about Jesus. So <laughs> even in those visions he often points those people back to his church to his people. Isn't that funny? To proclaim the good news. Isn't to that them. funny they trust us to do that? Right, cuz we're we have a great propensity to screw things up. Yeah,
1: you know, it like, it's like it's so funny cuz even just in, in church stuff, you know, you always you should be delegating. A good a good leader does delegate and yeah. has and empowers yeah. people to do things. Yeah. Yeah. And but we're always so at least I am scared to let somebody else might screw up. Yeah, we might yeah. mess it up or whatever. And God's like, "Hey, go to this guy. Yeah, go to this girl. She'll yeah. tell you. Yeah." And it's like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Like, it's cool that He trusts us enough to do that. And it's yeah. a, it's, it's actually it's a privilege, and it's an honor. Yeah. And uh you know, there is the reality is it is it is hard for us. You know, we may, we may not all have the quote unquote gift.
0: But we of all have the responsibility.
1: But we, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So what is the difference between the gift of evangelism and then the responsibility to evangelize?
0: Yeah. Well, well notice when we go back to the Great Commission. Paul, you know, Paul Minton, that is, uh, talked about the Great Commission this last Sunday. And, you know, it's, it's go and make disciples. It's not if you have the gift of evangelism, go and make disciples. It's not if you have the gift of teaching, go and make disciples. It's not if. There's no if. It's, it's go and make disciples. Right. And so the, the verb and the verb in this passage is make disciples, right? That's the, that's the primary verb in that text that that is, that is Jesus's point, make disciples. And the go is connected to that in an imperative. And so the go is, I don't want to get into the Greek grammar a lot here, but the go is a, is a present participle. And so it, it takes on the meaning of that main verb, which is, which it means, you know, you go, make disciples. That's the command. And it's, and it's commanded to the disciples and through the disciples to all of the church, because they are the representatives of, of the church that is yet to come at that point in time that, that, you know, they're, they're going to establish these churches. And, and so that, so it falls to us, go and make, it's a command and it doesn't matter what whether you're gifted in it or not. So we have a responsibility to proclaim the good news, to make disciples. And that's defined in Matthew 28, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, right? That, so there's an obedience side of that and a baptism side of that. And so we do those things because Jesus commanded us to do it. And, and that's super, super important. Some of us have the gift of evangelism. And now some argue about whether that's an office or a special spiritual gifting. Either way, there are some people that, that will focus on that aspect Of uh, following Jesus because they're gifted in a particular way, right? And and some of us might have some other, other gifts like the gift of helps or something like that. And so that's fine. We still do those things. Like if you have the gift of helps, that's great, but you're not alleviated from the responsibility of evangelism. Likewise, the person who's gifted in evangelism is not alleviated from... Helping mm-hmm. right, like you don't go to oh I don't have the gift of mercy, so sorry, I'm not going to show anybody mercy no we're all we all show mercy, but some people are gifted and a little that. better at it, maybe They're better got the the Holy Spirit empowers them to do it in a way that maybe the others can't mm-hmm. and so so we all have that responsibility, okay, interesting
1: um well John, any uh uh, other, as we can we're kind of kind of kind of conclude, I think we're a little over our time. Yeah, we are we're a lot over. Well, not a lot. Not too over. bad. Um, do you have
0: any uh, resources you recommend for this this week for the yeah, last I two mean, weeks? I, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, a couple of things. One is we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at this idea of being evangelistic, and we're gonna, church, as at Grace here, we're gonna be giving a significant opportunity. For that as we move into the fall. But a couple of things. One is our go and pray thing that we're doing. Uh, I think it's almost 900 homes now that we've that we've prayed for uh, in our community. And if you're not a part of that, you should be. It's great. It's fun. It's an opportunity to, to be praying for the community. Um, and that's one tiny way you can go. And especially even if you're not gifted in evangelism, because it's not an evangelistic thing per se, but it is a way to go and and uh, and pray for people. Mm -hmm. And it does sometimes present some opportunities. But um, I just got an email about it uh, you know, while I was gone about, about again, somebody we touched and through that and kind of a story behind that, how God has been answering prayers in that life in that way, because we went and prayed and it's super cool. We're just praying. It's amazing. Just going and praying. So if you're not doing that, you should sign up on Sunday, write a note on the connection card. Hey, I want to do this. Grab a friend, grab a friend. If you, if you need somebody to do it with, or if you need your, or just tell us, I want to do this with somebody. We'll connect you with somebody and you can go do Find time to go to it. So, so I think that's a resource to exercise that. Um, And then you know the other thing that I would say is go and and just remind yourself with the Great Commission. Go back to Matthew twenty-eight, read that. Go back to Acts one-eight, read that. We have been given a mission, and and if you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of it. Hmm. So, well, John, yeah, two big ideas. You know, I I don't even, I don't, I don't. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna 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 wrap it up. uh, I'll just say this. Um, You know, we have received grace right? And we need to extend grace. And part of that is the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. How's that? Is that pretty good? That's actually pretty good. All right. Until next time.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.